From the International Headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, this is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. Well, it's Thursday, and we're excited to be here, thankful to the Lord for the privilege that we have to be on this station at this time, five days a week, and I'm delighted that you've joined us today, and I hope you'll plan to as often as you possibly can. We're thankful. Listen, it's great to be saved, great to be a Christian, great to be in the Lord's service, great to have the opportunity to testify on His behalf and to be an ambassador for the Lord. We're thankful that we get to do that, and we want to encourage you in the same kind of a way. Now, I've mentioned earlier in the week I've been battling some laryngitis, and it's cleaning up. It's getting better. But I just need some time to rest my voice till we get back to full steam. And the result of that is we've been using some conference messages that I've preached at the National Sword of the Lord Conference for the last couple of days. And today we're going to hear part two of a message that I did a couple of years back, and it's one that's entitled No Small Stir About That Way. I'm telling you, you read the book of Acts, and there was a lot going on there, and the more the Christians came on board, I mean, the more folks that were saved, and the more work that was done by the Jerusalem church, the Antioch church, and others, the more things got stirred up. And I'm telling you, all kinds of people were saved simply because those folks would not be intimidated. They just kept on serving the Lord excitedly. And so we're going to hear right now part two of this message entitled, No Small Stir About That Way. Folks, I'm going to make another statement here. Christians do create a stir, and I'm going to say to you, it's necessary that we create the stir. I heard about a guy driving through town driving a truck and about every block and a half he stopped and took a baseball bat and was beating on the side of the truck and uh, he'd get back in the truck and drive another block or two and get out and beat on the side of the truck again and one of the local uh, police uh, saw him and got to watching him and followed him a little bit and finally flipped on his light and pulled the guy over and walked up and the guy in the truck said sir he said I don't know what, what did I do something what did I do and the officer said I don't know what you did but there's something going on here and I'm going to find out what it is and the guy said, what, what are you talking about? He said, well, you drive a block or two and you beat on the truck. And the old boy in the truck said, oh, officer, he said, this is only a 10-ton truck. And he said, I got 20 tons of canaries on this truck. And he said, I got to keep 10 tons of them flying all the time to keep them being overweight. Now, <laughs> that may not fit in here real well, but I wanted to tell it. Amen. <laughs> hey, sometimes, sometimes we need to overload the truck. And do what creates a stir and get some things flying at our place. We can't carry out the Great Commission ecumenicizing. We can't carry out the Great Commission saying, well, the God of Islam and the God of the Bible is all the same. No, it's not the same. Listen, the status quo in my town, the status quo in your town doesn't want its tranquility disturbed. And they'll get fussy with us when we create the stir and they say, why do you have to do that? I'll tell you why we have to do it. Because we are that way. That way because of the way. So we stir things up. You say, well, why do we get stirred like we do? Because we need to stir things up. And we stir things up because we are stirred. The Bible says, stir up the gift of God that is in thee. We do. We stir things. And by the way, there's precedent. You imagine what was going on when Moses went to see the Pharaoh. 
and said to him, uh, we're going to take our folks and go home. We've been here long enough, we've been here too long, we want out of here. I'm telling you what, there were royal committees flocking to get to the uh, caucus room. Give advice to the king, no doubt. I mean, all kinds of things, I'm sure. And it wasn't but a little bit till the king was gathering together his army and saying, we can't let it happen. we got to stop this. All started because a man who couldn't have speak and stuttering and so on, and who thought himself unworthy, but he signed up and he surrendered and he gave himself to God. And God said, get him out of here. Get him out of here. He stirred it up. And even whenever he thought nobody among the Jews would pay attention to him, God said, you just tell them I am that I am hath sent you. And whenever you and I look at ourselves and we know that we are not much, but we serve a great God. Well, we just go ahead. I like it. Moses stirred things. Nehemiah stirred things up. Nehemiah came back and found the home city, the great city of Jerusalem in shambles. And he assessed the thing and he walked around a little ways. And he began to say to those folks that were back already, let's build the wall, build the wall, build the wall. Sounds good, doesn't it? Build the wall. <laughs> hey, what are they doing building the wall? Hey, they knew there'd be a time when an adversary would approach and they needed the wall. And Nehemiah took the guff. He took the heat. He paid the price. He raised the necessary supplies and marshaled together the army of people that he needed to get the job done. Jeremiah stirred things up, and the nation was running in every direction but the right way. There was a fire burning in his soul, and that fire burning down inside of him cannot be quenched. It's in my bones, and it will not be silenced. Nehemiah stirred it up, and Jeremiah stirred it up. Amos, you imagine getting in front of the crowd of his day and saying, Can two walk together except they be agreed? Oh, man, no ecumenicism there. He said, get on the page doctrinally like you're supposed to be, or we're not going to be able to walk together. Not only, not only Amos, but John the Baptist uh, standing up, crying aloud to repent and get right. And, and not only that, but facing off with powers that be and saying, this is wrong, this is not right, the sin that you're in. The Apostle Paul stirred things up in city after city and place after place that he went. So this passage says there was no small stir about that way. So why is that guy called a fundamentalist? Well, he's that way. Why is he called a Baptist? He's that way. And an independent Baptist, yeah, he's that way. Well, why is his church a soul-winning church? Well, they're that way. Why are they running buses all over town? Well, they're that way. Why does that guy get in the pulpit and cry loud and spare not three or four or five times a week? Because he's that way. Why do they avoid the very appearance of evil? They're that way. Why do they look so longingly toward the second coming of Christ? They're that way. Why are they such a happy crowd rejoicing in the Lord? Oh, they're that way. Why do they live a distinctive, separated, holy, godly life? They're that way. Why do they expose the false prophets and the false teachers of their time? Because they're that way. Why do they steer clear of all of the religious hodgepodge of 
things that goes on in the world. Well, they just steer clear. They're that way. Why do they tithe when they go to church? They're that way. Folks, that way, that way, twice it said here, that way. It's the legacy of those who embrace the way, the truth, and the life. That way, it's the crowd who salute the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. That way, who are they? That way, that's the folks that take the Bible word for word seriously. That's the folks who walk the straight and narrow way, who stand unapologetically to contend for the faith, who confront this old worldly culture with a message of repentance. We look at our world instead of getting like it and trying to appease it. Like Paul, we need to dispute with it and confront them with the right message. That way gets up on Sunday and preaches boldly to crowds, whether they be large or small. That way, oh yeah, that way. Hey, listen, that way will take the heat. That way will handle whatever pressure comes. That way will withstand the critics. That way will refute the cult of compromise. That way, oh, it'll have discouragement show up at the front door, but when discouragement shows up, that way will punt it like a football. And give it no place in life or ministry. That way can be counted in and counted on, but never ever counted out. That way runs the race, sees the goal, carries the baton, and passes the torch. And believe me, there is always and forever in towns large or small going to be a stir about that way. Wherever it shows up, that way will create a stir. Now, others will deny that way. And they'll dispute that way. They'll even try to defame that way and degrade that way and disassociate from that way and disenfranchise that way and even dismiss that way. But here's where I think we need to be. We need to decide on that way. Make a conscious choice. That's who we are. Call us what you will. By the way, you don't want to be called a fundamentalist. You, you shake that off. You don't want to be called a Baptist. You shake that off. And I'm telling you, whatever you call yourself, if you are that way like you ought to be that way, whatever you call yourself, the world will defame you, and they won't be all day long about doing it. Might as well stick with whatever tags you got and just take your lumps. We need to decide on that way and then openly declare that's who we are. Walk into business places, be warm, be friendly. I have people just every little once in a while who will say to me, you seem awfully happy today. I'll say, man, I ought to be. I let a guy, I let a guy to Christ on an airplane. I was flying back from out west somewhere and uh, I got up, it was a long, long flight, got up to stretch in the aisle, Mount Midway, guy right behind me, he, he uh, I don't know, we had, we'd exchange just a little hello and howdy, and uh, I was warm to him, and he said, man, he said, you, you seem to be happy, I said, I ought to be, he said, really, I said, yep, I said, I'm, I'm married to a lady who loves me. I've got two kids who love me. I've got grandkids who love me. And I'm heaven bound with a hammer down. And he looked at me and he said, I wish I could say that. 
I handed him a little booklet that I'd written, and I said, I'm going to go back to the restroom for a minute. I said, look at this while I'm gone, and then tell me what you think about it. He crawled up in the seat next to me when I got back, and in a matter of a few minutes, I led him to Christ. So how'd that come about? Just being happy. Just being happy. Walk into the bank, just be happy. Walk into McDonald's, just be happy. Walk, walk in the other places where we do business. Walk into church, just be happy. Just rejoice. Just let the joy flow. Just let it bubble. You say, how do you do that? That way, that way, that way. That's what happens when we have the, have the Lord, our Savior, down deep inside, and we just let him have rule and sway and do what he wants to do in us. And it lets us go out and radiate the sweet, precious things of the Lord. And folks want to say, what, what's going on with that guy? Well, he's that way. In Ephesus, there was no small stir about that way. Well, my friends, we're going to have to interrupt right there. And that is really part two of the message, no small stir about that way. I trust it's been a blessing to you, and we thank the Lord that we get to do it right here on this station. Now, uh, thankful I'm getting better with my laryngitis, but uh, we'll have another message or two Friday and Monday that will also give me a little more time to get things in line here as I need to. But I appreciate you uh, listening every day, whatever we're doing here, and at the same time, I'm delighted always to hear from you. So let me encourage you to write, if you'd like a sample copy of our Sword of the Lord newspaper, write me and ask for it. I'll be glad to send it to you. So write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith, at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. Well, thank you so much for being along today, and I trust you'll join us again tomorrow. We'll look forward to being here. In the meantime, God bless you. Have a good rest of the day, and goodbye for now.